0: What I wanted to focus on was the hard part, which is once I know what to do and I'm still not doing it, what do I do? So really like helping people overcome their own limitations. And like it was just such meaningful work because it never stops. As you know, it never stops with the food.
1: Today, we are going to talk about changing other people. It's a very, very uh, different topic than what we've discussed here on the podcast before, but it's going to be interesting. And I've got the author of the book, You Can Change Other People, the four steps to help your colleagues, employees, even family up their game. It's going to be an interesting discussion. So welcome, Howie Jacobson, to this interview.
0: Thank you, Clint. I'm so happy to be here.
1: You and I connected quite some time ago on your podcast, which is the Plant Yourself podcast. A really, really fun chat we had back then, and uh, I was talking all about rheumatoid arthritis and sharing my story. And you asked some really great questions. So I hope that I'm able to do justice like you did on my interview in return. survey. here,
0: oh, we, we're we're just gonna have a fun chat, right? And other other people are gonna maybe eavesdrop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now,
0: I just I, I wanted
1: to kick things off with an interesting question here, and. People may be uh, head-scratching thinking, well, why should I listen to this podcast? This isn't about reversing inflammation and listening to people's stories of getting well and learning what I can do. Um, And so I wanted to throw this right at you and say, well, you know, we're going to talk about how you've developed uh, strategies and tools to change other people's habits and behaviors and thoughts. So how might you address this sticky situation? If people are thinking,
0: oh, I don't know if I should listen to this, what might you say? I, I would say three things. First of all, if if you have joint pain, the way you're going to address it, if you're listening to this podcast, is largely through lifestyle, right? And I'll ask you to ask yourself the question, like, do other people affect my lifestyle? Like, if I, you know, we're not islands, so if I'm trying to eat better, can my partner do things that would make it easier or harder for me to eat better? And do I want to... You know, do I want to ask them to do that? Do I want to ask them to make changes on my behalf? The second thing is, once people get with your program, they're going to see amazing results, and they're going to realize that even if they're the only person with RA in their family, that other people have other issues that can also benefit from your program, right? Like the dark secret of the Patterson program is that it works for almost everything. Right. We're just marketing to RA because that's your experience and you've, you know, you can buy the keywords.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. So true. so but, true. But
0: you could, you know, you could do the same thing for heart disease, for diabetes, for obesity, for, you know, for um, gut issues. Right. So someone who's, who's been successful on your program is going to want to eventually uh, proselytize and tell other people in their lives, Hey, this could help you too. And, you know, we all know that when someone is, you know, starts eating better and living a healthier life, we can get upset at them for like, you know, shaming us, even if they're not doing anything. Like how many times have you like asked for the the strawberries instead of the ice cream at a restaurant and like, like somebody gets defensive, like, like you've just, you know, slapped them with your glove. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Right. And I would say the, the, the third reason, I, I did have three reasons. Let me see if I can remember what the third one was. Yeah, that, that there are people in our lives who are doing things that make us sad, that annoy us, that frustrate us. And I don't know about you, Clint, but when I am sad, frustrated, annoyed, stressed, I'm much more likely to stray from my diet than when I'm at peace, strong, whole, and connected. So what this book really is, it's a a third way to to interact with people where we see them acting in ways that are not in their best interest or ours. The first way is to criticize, to nag, to blame. The Mm -hmm. second way is to say, well, I can't change other people, so I'm just going to bite my tongue and live with it. And the third way is the way we describe in the book, this, this process of four steps. To actually shift from a critic to their ally, and which gives you kind of the best odds of having leverage and helping them achieve great outcomes for them and for you.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And we're going to dive into some of these tactics and strategies, tools, whatever you want to call it, um, that you cover in the book and uh, get right into that in a second. I just wanted to uh, uh, echo the importance of what you've raised here is that sometimes the biggest battle in trying to get well. And improve through lifestyle changes is the social influence of people around us. And sometimes people give up making positive changes because their loved one, namely their wife, often their husband, says, I'm not eating that way. And so they're eating in an island state and they're also cooking for their family or they're watching their family eat foods that they used to eat and love. And that makes the whole process full of friction. And uh, so this discussion is going to be super helpful as to how we can. Uh, potentially, you know, cause the entire family or at least those ones that are having the most friction in our lives to, to be less friction causing. Uh, that, that would be great. And that's for a good cause too. We're not exactly trying to convince someone to start smoking. Uh, yeah. We're quite the opposite. We're trying to do things that statistically have been shown to improve someone's long-term health outcomes. So so let's get into it. Um, but w- w- what, what motivated you to do this? W- why this book? Why this book?
0: Well, I wrote it with um, a partner of mine who um, who's actually been my coach teacher for the last twenty two years, Peter Bregman. And like ev- everything that I do that helps people is ultimately related to this process. Right. So to like there's a lot of people out there who who teach how to cook well, how to exercise they have lots of advice they can you know go through your home and help you throw things out and and that's all useful and great what i wanted to focus on was the hard part which is once i know what to do and i'm still not doing it what do i do so r- really like helping people overcome their own limitations and like it was just such meaningful work because it never stops as you know it never stops with the food it wasn't like the Clint who is eating terribly and having flare-ups every other day is the same person now, just minus crappy food, right? Like you've you've made you've you've changed who you are in some fundamental ways, isn't that right?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could give some hilarious examples, but you're on a roll. I'll come back to those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would, I'd be well, when I talk to people who've made that kind of transformation, what they often almost always say is the the health improvements were like the bonus it's who i became it's how i became comfortable with myself it's how i started living in integrity and power that really that's what i if you know if i had to go back to either ra or the old me in terms of of, of mindsets and behaviors i would choose the ra over losing my integrity
1: wow yeah yeah there can be some tremendously profound you know transformations uh yeah i used to be like i'll give you an example and i've not shared this before and i don't bring this up with my wife but when she <laughs> and i were having our first date our very first date you know so i was a meat heavy always been skinny always wanting to sort of look muscular and stronger than what i was <laughs> biologically capable of unless i you know was uh, focused on becoming a, an olympian i was doing my best with what i had I sat opposite her and we were chatting and then we got, you know, getting to know each other stuff like, oh, you know, do you, like, do you like this? Do you like that? And we ordered and, and she ordered vegetarian and she said, oh, I'm vegetarian. I've been vegetarian my whole life. And I distinctly, distinctly remember the disappointment flag that went up in my head. And I actually remember saying to myself, oh, no, not, not one of those or something along that that sort of that sentiment and to think that that same person is now sitting here uh, interviewing you uh, a fellow plant-based advocate um and talking about potentially uh, helping more people to become plant-based uh, i i guess is one of the sort of driving original factors for for your book amongst many other things uh so it, it is a it's a it's a funny shift absolutely So, look, so you're motivated so much to write the book because of the the much greater than the original purpose of how people make change and why you started your podcast and your movement. Um, And then uh, was it easy to uh, to ally yourself uh, with the co-author? I mean, was he's your mentor? Was he up for the writing a book like this?
0: Yeah, it actually, the spark was he did. He does coach trainings. And every time I can go to one, I do. Because it's you know it's like going to the gym, so it helps me get better as a coach. And he announced it in April of 2019 he was doing his last one. Like his business had evolved. He's really, He's working with you know CEOs of, of Fortune 100 companies, you know, Kind Bar and and Showtime and like like that was you know. And he loves the the coach training and helping coaches get better, but it just wasn't strategic in terms of like how much time and energy he was putting into filling the room he's like, okay, like I've done this. I love it. I'm moving on. And I was in attendance and I, um, I talked to him after I said, you are not moving on because this is such important work. Like, and it kind of bothered me. Like there were 30 people or so at the training and like, that's not enough people. And yeah, you can't, you know, like this stuff is world changing and it's, and so what we, we decided, like, first, we we're going to write a book for coaches, like how to coach according to this method and quickly we decided what we'd rather do is empower everyone. So we looked we spent a long time just going back and forth on like what's the dna of this process that we can make it accessible, straightforward, replicable for anyone. And I'd love, you know, you have a book, you went through it, I'd love to hear from you to the extent that you think we we succeeded or failed at that. But but you know, I look, change is really hard. And it's going to take Multiple failure, and it's going to take some suffering, and it's going to take self doubt and shame and tripping over ourselves. And the one thing that makes it easier is other people's support. Hmm. And so, like, I want to live in a world where we are equipped to support each other to make changes that we want to make, as opposed to where we're just trying to criticize or shame or blame or motivate each other to change. So, like, for the vast majority of the use cases of this book is for people around us who are struggling, who want to get somewhere and are not succeeding. And to have this conversation with them can help them get unstuck and moving in the right direction with our care and love and support and, and confidence, expressed confidence in them. So that, like, that's how that book, the book morphed into let's put the coach training on paper To here's what we want. Here's what we want to share because this is the world we both want to
2: live in.
1: Yeah, I love it. So let's get into it. Let's. What you asked for my opinion on the book. So what I like is that you constantly provide illustrations and examples of ways of what not to do. And each time I've read those illustrations and examples, I find myself nodding and smiling and realize, oh my gosh, like that's what I do all the time, especially in the family setting. You know, with children. Uh, it's so difficult to 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 have them to get uh, sorry to behave in the way that they are almost biologically designed not to, which is orderly, which is uh, respectfully, because they just want to run a muck. And they're you know when we're little, all we think about is ourselves and what we want and what we want to get. You know, can I have this? Can I have this? Please, please, please. please you know, so it's been very useful for me. Now I, I consider myself reasonably good at persuasive uh, language and. And so forth, and I'm learning with the kids how to get uh, what, uh, how to get them to behave in ways that are more, you know, in line with social etiquette. <laughs> and so those, I'd love to hear some of the illustrations that that I'm sort of referring to here. If you've got some stories of how we do things wrong, and then with that, I want to then, you know, I want you to share some things we can do. Um, and I've got the book open in front of me in digital format. Uh, you've got your four steps. Perhaps you can pick some things out that can be some. Uh, some takeaways for today that people can actually implement as well. And if they want more, they can buy the book. But if we can leave them with implementable tips, that would be great as well. So perhaps some stories first of what not to do.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, what not to do is a pretty, you know, simple list. It's basically to make them feel bad about how they are now. And there's, But there's a couple of ways to do that, right? There's the obvious way of just criticizing Right. And, and when we get frustrated, we get critical, right? Because that's the energy we're coming from. I think about it in terms of just, you know, homo sapiens on the savanna. Are we in fight or flight mode or are we in let's find all the, the, the yummy roots and berries mode? Right. So when if we are and the people around us who can, can really get on our nerves, and we can be sad for ourselves, we can be sad for them, we can be frustrated, we can be angry, because we have no control over their behavior, right? Like anyone who thinks they have control over their kids' behavior, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a great, uh, there's a great quote by um, the, the founder of nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosen, Rosenfeld, Rosenberg, who said, you can make them wish they hadn't, but they'll make you wish you hadn't made them wish they hadn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, like they're going to get there, like we really can't control other people, and and nagging them, you know. If some so there's a story in the book about my co-author Peter, who has a fondness for sugar, and he knows he shouldn't eat so much sugar, and if he's sitting at dinner and he reaches for the for the uh, ice cream and he scoops out a third bowl for himself, and someone says, "Are you sure you want that third bowl of ice cream?" He will double down. And like, make it three scoops, right? You watch me,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, right.
0: It's a, it's a two-year-old response, right? But it's un- all of us can feel that. Like, don't you be the boss of me. You're not going to tell me what to do. So the way that we try to get people to change actually reinforces their resistance.
1: Yes, yes. We inadvertently make it worse.
0: Yep. And... Yeah, and the more we care, the more we're in danger of doing that. So it's, it's harder to talk about this with a spouse or a child than with a friend or a coworker, right? The more we care, the more negative emotion we can bring to the interaction. So now if we're skillful, we're not going to attack them, but we're going to maybe give them advice. Like, hey, and, and, and there's, you know, the two ways of giving advice is, is just outright. Hey, Clint, you know what you should do? You know, or you know what I would do in your situation, or, you know, here's what I've done. Right. Mm. So that seems very innocuous. It's, it's sort of, you know, future focused. Mm -hmm. Um, The trouble is, it still puts you in a, it puts me in a superior position to you because I know better. Mm. And you're still going to bristle at that. Right. If you, if you ask me for advice, if you say, Hey, Howie, I've got this problem. What do you think? And I say, Oh, here's what I would do. You're receptive. You're open to it because you own the problem and you are in control. You have set the boundaries and set the rules of engagement. I haven't transgressed those upon you. The the, The second way we give advice, and this is so seductive, is to ask questions like, have you thought about this? Or have you considered that? Or might this work? <laughs> so we're still giving advice. We're just making it seem like we're not.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, of the two, which one have you determined to provide the greatest outcomes?
0: <laughs> what give, giving giving? Uh, well, if they I, they well, both. Well,
1: you've given three. It's like, yeah. Hey, you shouldn't do that. That's in sort of instructional. The second one is if I were you, this is what I would do, which is kind of still, as you said, superior positioning. And then the third one is asking questions, which is seductive. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the third one sounds, uh, you know, the preferable way to go.
0: Yeah, but there's there's something about the 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 stink of pretending to be what you're not. (laughs) Like if you just like it's better if someone says you're eating like a pig. Like at least it's clean. (laughs) energy to it you can deal with that right yeah, so yeah. so the issue here's the here's the 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 underpinning of this methodology is what we're what we're going we're going for a particular change but we're not like cuz we we don't know exactly what is in the best interest of the person but we what we want to give them is not like i'm going to force you to eat more vegetables what we want to do is stoke their ownership over the over the problem Right. Like one, like the thing that drives us crazy is that, oh, yeah, people will complain, oh, I've got joint pain, I'm overweight, I'm on all these diabetes meds, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Right. Or people are like, yeah, I tried and it didn't work. You know, you know they're going to make excuses. <coughs> the gym was closed or, you know, organic produce is so expensive or, you know, everybody else at the company eats out at the Cheesecake Factory. Right. So when we hear people making those excuses, what that is, is they're not taking ownership. So st- when we come at them with another answer, we are still depriving them of the opportunity to own it.
2: Right?
0: So by so by by coming in as a critic, we we're removing the possibility of ownership. Right. Rarely are you is someone going to go, wow, thank you for telling me that I didn't realize it before, but now I'm really motivated to change. <laughs> right, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, so instead, we want to think about like our goal is to increase their ownership. And there's, you now we can talk about the four steps and how the steps do that. The second thing we we want to uh, to work on is making sure that they're increasing their capability. Right, like if I tell you to go and cook vegan food, and you've never seen a plate of vegan food, right? You have no idea what a meal looks like that doesn't have a big hunk of meat in the middle that you don't even have the ability. You can't even imagine it. You wouldn't know what to shop for, right? So we want to make sure that people um, have the ability or can develop the ability to do the thing. The third thing that people need is emotional courage because changing a behavior is hard because we feel like whatever we're doing, no matter how dysfunctional, we're experts at it. Right. Like I am the world's expert at being Howie Jacobson. <laughs> you know, I could be a total screw up, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm my screw up. Like I'm, I know how to do the things that I know how to do because I've been doing, you know, you talk about 10,000 hours. How many hours have I been alive? You know, like hundreds of thousands of hours. I'm really good at this. And so when I, when I see that, that there's something I need to change, I have to go back to being a beginner again. It can feel awkward. And when you talk about food, like the main function of of crappy food is to make us feel good in the moment. Right. So so every time I'm annoyed, upset, depressed, anxious, I can solve that with food. (laughs) And so now if I'm saying I'm not going to have the candy bars, I'm going to have strawberries, or I'm going to have nothing, I have to have the emotional courage to feel what I've been trying to cover up.
1: Mm. Okay, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is so relevant to what we go through with everything uh, associated with rheumatoid arthritis improvement. So I just want you to just keep on the roll here. This is, this, you know, I'm taking notes on the side here. It's, uh, it's so nice to get there, you know, e- explaining this in this sort of really simple condensed format here. Um, please keep going.
0: Right, Sure. And the the fourth thing we need, we call future proofing, which is the understanding that when I can do something, then the universe is probably going to make it harder next time. (laughs) Right? Like, it's it's just, you know, like, your skills have to keep improving, your emotional courage has to keep improving, you have to be aware that no matter how well you're doing, at some point, there's going to be a situation that you are not equal to.
2: Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to
0: deal with that and overcome yes. it. I don't know how many people you've worked with who they're doing great and then they stumble and they don't want to talk to you again because they th- they th- in their mind it means oh I failed. I fell off another diet. Right,
2: right, right. right. As a,
0: as mm-hmm. opposed to having the mindset of of course I'm going to make missteps. Right, and that's you know that's part of the process and I'm going to make sure I learn from them and grow from them and get stronger.
1: I guess I put those in the terms of setting expectations, setting realistic expectations. And in those expectations, you know, if someone wants to, in our case, someone said someone starts our program says, I want to be off methotrexate by, you know, six months from now. And yeah, that's when we need to intervene and say, well, hang on, there's a lot, there's a lot in that statement. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of potential incorrect strategies. There's a lot of incorrect goals involved in all of that. And so, yeah um setting expectations that it is a long journey that absolutely this is like climbing mount everest it's extremely difficult to get to a state that most people you know are striving for which is sort of maximum health with as few meds as they can um it is it's a hard it's there's a lot involved and then the ups and downs along the way i mean that yeah uh, yeah it's that that's crucial to the understanding of what people are getting involved with when they follow our program as well. So that future proofing, I love that. Love that fourth point.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so once we understand like, that's what we're going for, we're going to help them increase their ownership so that they're in charge because yes. that will, that's motivation that lasts,
2: right? Yes. We want
0: them to, we want them to be working to improve their capability to grow their emotional courage and to sustain the change into the future and even increase it. So like when you hear those things, then, then you say, well, what giving advice, how does that, how does that do against those, those frameworks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's it. Yes. How do we then knowing those frameworks when a problem is presented or someone that there is that uh, resistance to change and you know, something Ah, uh, you could impart upon them would help them. How do we proceed
0: with that level of knowledge? Right, so once we know what we're going for, then it's easy to see what doesn't work. Like you can see that advice um, actually decreases ownership. right? If I'm giving you the advice it's it's much better for you to come up with a flawed plan of your own than to accept my perfect plan because because you know when we own it, then we want to we, we feel. Committed to making it happen, so you know advice doesn't build capability. Um, Advice doesn't address emotional courage and has nothing to do with future proofing. So, so instead, we want to think like: How do we want to be a strategic partner to that person to enhance all four of those concepts? And so, the first step is probably the most important, and if people only get one thing from this conversation, this is what I would, I would uh, suggest it should be, to shift yourself from a critic to an ally,
2: mm.
0: which is the name of the first step, shift mm. from critic to ally. Mm. And we do this because like, when people are struggling, they're defensive. They don't, they don't want to feel bad. And if, 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 I'm, if I'm constantly saying, like, I want to lose weight and I'm constantly eating cookies, then I feel shame about my behavior. And shame is the human emotion that we will do almost anything not to feel. And the best way to not feel shame is to deny there's a problem. So to become, become their ally. So when we're a critic, we are um, triggering shame. When we become their ally, we are saying let's work on this together. We're, we're partners and there's no more, I am superior to you. I know more than you. I'm the helper. You're the healthy. We're on an equal footing. And so there's, there's three parts to being an ally, the, the, the three Cs. You want to be caring, confident, and committed. So, And, and we can express these through a, a three-part formula, which is t- uh, empathy, express confidence in them and offer to think it through with them. So if someone comes to you and they say, Hey, I would really like your help with this, right? Then, you know, then you can say, you know, you'll start with empathy, boy, that's, you know, find out a little bit about it and then say, boy, that sounds like quite a struggle. It sounds like you're really having a difficult time. I, I know that you can do this, or I'm sure, I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can handle this, or some some expression of confidence. People we like to hear that, and then would you you know great? Would you like to think it through with me? Right. So if they've already asked your permission, that's almost redundant. But let's say someone comes up to you and complains, "Oh God, I'm getting so fat," or "My joints are hurting all the time," and you've been dying to tell them what to do, right? (laughs) You're in the Patterson program, you you and now finally they've said. Boy, my my I can it's hard for me to like grip you know the the hammer with my hand some days it really bothers me and then your, you know the, the part of your brain that wants to give advice is great now they're ready let me let me dump it all let me open their brain and dump in the Madison program and instead we're gonna say you know well that sounds that sounds really frustrating you know. I, I've seen, you know, is like true about your confidence in them, because if you weren't confident, you wouldn't even have a conversation. Like, so it's right. implicit. Like, you know, I've seen you overcome harder things than this, or I know, I know you, w- when you put your mind to something, you achieve amazing things. Would you like to think this through together?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And think it through together is a beautiful phrase because it's very non-threatening. Mm-hmm. It's not, would you like me to tell you what to do? Would you like to know how I would solve it? But you're going to be, you're a thought partner. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's great. It's great. You know, it actually just struck me that, uh, Anthony Robbins, uh, once when I was at one of his seminars said, uh, you know, if you're struggling with to, to, um, you know, personally overcome a challenge, he said, close your eyes and think back to when you've absolutely crushed something in the past, you know, these are the words, you know, he is, uh, something that, uh. You know, it was a big struggle for you that you're over to come it. Perhaps it was, you know, just a, an exam at, at at primary school, or was it, you know, maybe it was trying to ride a bike, or was it something? And and you you find an illustration in the past that supports the concept that you can overcome things, and you have the ability to achieve things that others might find difficult even, and that empowers you then to have that that um confidence. In being able to overcome this new challenge and that it is just a new challenge that you're facing like all those others that you've overcome in the past and that that touched it touched on that memory when you said that that that's a strategy that he uses to great effect and you feel confident don't you when you remember you've done something in the past that that took a lot of effort and yes you can do this as well so drawing upon that in the conversation to illustrate that to the person mm-hmm. i can see how effective that would be
0: yeah, cuz when we're ha- when we're in the midst of a problem, we're really focused on all the negatives, right? The problem, my shortcomings in solving the problem, all the obstacles. So like the whole process, all the four steps are really designed to shift from negative to positive, from defensive to creative, from hopeless to hopeful.
1: Yep. Can I can I just take a wild ad lib swing at trying to do this from what you've told us so far?
2: Yeah, let's go for it.
1: Yeah, this could be hilariously fail a big fail, but but that's but I think that's what you know this that's what life's about. So I've known that I've got to have the person develop ownership. They have to increase their capability. All right, we have to, I'm going to just uh-huh. swing at this. Um, develop their emotional courage and future proof them. Okay. Right. and then we and then we have to use empathy and express confidence in them and and say the phrase we're going to think this through together all right here we go i'm going to set the scene okay um let's say i'm living with um a woman called jennifer and i've just started you know making lifestyle changes that are going to reduce my joint inflammation and hopefully give me a better quality of life in the future and i say to them hey i've just i'm just about to go plant based and jennifer says No way am I going to be eating those stupid plants. I like, Jennifer has a bad accent, by the way. Um, (laughs) No way am I going to eat those terrible plants. I love eating my meat. And and like, you know, I'm going to KFC every Friday night and I eat out with the girls and blah, blah, blah. And the kids don't want to eat that. They love eating there. They love having, you know, the Cheerios for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Cheerios is their thing. This is what we're doing as a family. If you don't like it, get out, right? So let's say we've been confronted with that. Um, And then I think to myself, okay, I need to uh concentrate on that I need to think about ownership. All right, here we go. So I'm going to say uh I'm going to I'm going to say well yes, but um yes, I understand where you're coming from. Uh and uh and by the way, how are you going to correct me and tell me how to improve on this obviously because <laughs> so far I'm in the ditch here. I'm in the ditch. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not jumping in that ditch with you. You're,
1: no, no. you're, right, yeah, you're yeah. on You got to watch me. You got to watch me crash and burn, and then you can show us what to do. Because um, Jennifer, she's a tough character. Um, and we say, okay. Um, I'm. Uh, gosh, I don't even know how to how to work this in, but I know that I can say, yes. It. Mu- I can certainly do the second part. I can certainly say w- that. I can say yes. This is. This must be really concerning for you. And here I'm doing the empathy. This must be really concerning for you because so you know we've been together now for for 20 years and <clears throat> we've always eaten the same thing and we've built our love and relationship often around food because you know we do get drunk at night after we often finish the kids cheerios and then um you know that's how the kids were born so we do really <laughs> we couldn't conceive so we do really have this you know connection around food so this must be a big challenge and and I know it's confronting and, and that must make you feel very scared about what might happen to you and I um, but we we you've helped me overcome changes in the past and we've done this together you know remember when remember when uh, uh, remember when Frederick our, our firstborn um, went ballistic at school and we had to teach him how to read. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't easy for us, but uh, but you know we were able to do that, and we did that together, and that was a big change. So you know we've been through changes in the past, and um, <laughs> would you like to think this through together? Okay. So I mean that that's my that's my first pass at this, but I don't know if I in- incorporated any of the the um the, the four uh, major uh, majors.
2: Well, you know, we're, yeah, yeah,
0: we're we're not trying to do everything in every sentence. So so if you're if you're looking for a grade, I love the first part. Mm -hmm. Right. The empathy of like, boy, this like this must be hard for you. So so one of the things that we want to do before we start blurting to other people, we want to do some work on ourselves. We want to be we want to be prepared as you would for any high-stakes conversation. So Ah, yeah, right, right. No blurting. Right. So what I heard from Jennifer was that there's a history here right right? like i'm guessing that in that scenario this is not out of the blue that there's there's a there's a relationship dynamic that Mm. she is immediately defensive about
1: right Mm -hmm. Right? yeah that that was an extra layer there wasn't there
0: so i would say like if we're looking for ownership if you want someone else to take ownership then you model ownership So let's say in this scenario, you, you know, you got her, like you moved across the country because you got a new job and she had to follow along and you decided that they were going to go to the public school instead of the private school because you didn't want to work so many hours. And like, for example, I'm just, no, this is not real. I'm just making it up. But so for you to begin to own it and and to you know to say you know the way i've approached you in the past when i wanted to make changes as i look back it was kind of high-handed and i was uh, and i totally get how you you might be re- worried that this is going to be the same way and i just okay. i want to apologize for the ways in which i've done things in the past cuz i i don't stand behind them and i'm not proud of them mm. all right so if if that's the issue if there's water under the bridge yeah and there often is like these issues, like someone who's going to read this book is not going to like suddenly discover something new tomorrow that they want to change that they haven't been trying to change for 20 years. Right? <laughs> so so if, you, if you read it and you say, oh yeah, I've been doing all those things wrong. You can say, hey, I'm reading a book on helping people, you know, up their game and improve their, their outcomes and live according to their best interests. And I realized from reading this book that I've been transgressing. Yeah, and, and I've been doing some things that I've been saying and, do, and acting in ways that haven't been helpful and might, be, might even have uh, been disrespectful or hurtful and I want to apologize, mm. right? Like if you, if you want Jennifer to be generous, you lead, mm.
2: Yeah, right? the, yeah, yeah, yep, good. Like if you
0: want to change other people, you have to change yourself first and change how you approach them.
1: Great. Right. That is step yeah. one, chapter eight. Uh, as I refer back, it's be your own and the be your own ally first. Um, perhaps I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fantastic. Right. So, okay. So I could have corrected that. Okay. So that was the empathy part. Yeah. It was not bad, but I should have led in first of all with uh, with taking ownership mm. first and, and, and making those, um, fixing the backstory there. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: But then, even if you just jump in with, "This must be really hard for you," which I thought yep. it was beautiful that that empathy. But yep. empathy isn't it, empathy includes is basically that you demonstrate that you understand them to their satisfaction. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So at that point, you want to pause. You don't want to kind of read the monologues, but you yep. want to pause and say, "Like, it's. I bet this is really. I bet you're scared." And Jennifer might say, I'm not scared. I'm mad. How yeah. dare you? And, like, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. Thank you for, for explaining that. Can you tell me more? What, what's, what's angering you? Right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to model non-defensiveness in them,
2: <laughs> guess what you got to do? Yeah. Right? yeah. You
0: got to be non-defensive. Yes. And be, yeah. be curious and really understand where they're coming from. So, so empathy, it might not be a sentence. It might be a two-hour conversation, and that's all you do.
1: That's just crucial. Yep. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And that might even go over You know, that might be the, the amount of time you have at that time, and then you might have to pick up conversation piece by piece over the subsequent days or weeks sometimes when, when a big change is being implemented.
0: Yeah, and if, you know, if, if, the, if the old interactions have gone on for 20 years, you know, like, let's not have a timetable for when they, oh, it's, we've been talking for 20 minutes, we've got to be at part B3 by now. Yeah, right? Because that's just another way of us um, reserving ownership for ourselves and not, le- not letting, you know, mm-hmm. we have to give up control. If we want them to change, we have to give up control.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. Um,
1: and then expressing confidence in them and then offering to think it through together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to get to the point where they feel like you're their ally, you're not trying to pull a fast one, you're not trying to dominate them, you're not trying to lead them where they don't want to go, that mm-hmm. you are there to support their best interest and their autonomy as well as your own. Like, you know, so, so the, the process doesn't work unless you are shoulder to shoulder. And this, this first step is a means of, of creating that partnership.
1: I love it. Give us the sort of uh, expectations for the rest of the book, people who are interested uh, to lay out the sort of things they're going to learn and be able to implement in their lives and the outcomes that that could lead to uh, as we, uh, as we wrap this up.
0: Yeah, sure. The second step is the second most important, I think they're kind of in <laughs> descending order from, from start to finish, is, is to identify an energizing outcome. And that is so important because, again, people, when people focus on their problems, all they want to do is get away from them, make them stop, disown them. And so it's very, it's very hard to help someone who's trying to get away from something. So, you know, if I'm eating too much ice cream and I say, well, what I want to do is stop eating ice cream, that's actually, I just want the problem to stop and I'm still focused on the problem. And and the more you think about not eating ice cream, you're actually thinking about eating ice cream Mm.
2: because
0: that's how the brain works.
1: Mm. It hears (laughs) ice cream, ice cream. It just hears that, doesn't it? Over and over again. Even though you put the word no in no less or less or whatever, it just hears ice cream.
0: Yeah, let's say you stop eating ice cream. And now you say, well, I want to see how I'm doing. Then you have to look for ice cream that you're not eating. Like even in the evaluation, (laughs) you're focused on the thing you don't want. I love it. And so instead of of diving into the problem, like, okay, great, let's think it through together. Great. Now tell me all about the problem. Let's figure it out. Right? The same brain that's trying to figure it out is the same brain that gets us into the mess in the first place. Right, because we tried to we 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 got into this dysfunctional behavior because we tried to figure out a solution to something else. I tried to figure out a solution to my loneliness by eating. I tried to figure out a solution to my boredom by playing video games. Right. So so the the the, the problem solving mind is of little help at this point. But instead, when we say, what's the outcome that you want? Now we're again we're giving them total ownership of it. So for Jennifer, great. What's, what would you like to see, you know, our family eating together? What would you like our food culture in this family to be ideally? You know, she's like, well, it's got to taste great. Great. I agree. I, you know, I think food Mm -hmm. should taste great. Anything, anything else? Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want us to get sick, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm naturally slim. So, you know, but I want, I want you to look good. So like, through through this exploration of like what's a meaningful positive outcome that we can define clearly that's exciting mm-hmm. right? when people can see okay he, like you know the that unrealistic thing like in 6 months i'll be off this drug but but you can you can talk to them about well within my understanding of what's possible what you know we could get you this or that or that or you know and they like they can tell you like What would that get? You know, if I was off that drug in six months, what would that give you? Well, I wouldn't have any pain anymore. Why is that important to you? I could then do X, Y, and Z. So great. So if we start moving you towards X, Y, and Z, like, so when they come up with with an outcome that seems sort of intermediary, like I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to fit in size 10 jeans, right? We then ask some version of, well, what for? For the sake of what? Why is that meaningful to you? And we want to get to... To something that touches their core. Yeah, I, I want. I want to be. A, I want to be at peace with my body. Right. When I have this condition, I'm const- I'm looking at my hands and constantly feeling like they're the enemy. I want. I want to be whole again. I want to be at peace in my body and contributing as best I can to my family, to my work, to my community, to enjoying myself. Like that's a positive. You hear like the excitement in that.
1: Mm-hmm. They're feelings too, aren't they? When we're forward pacing like that, these are these are feelings emotionally that we're really seeking, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well any, any outcome that we want, we only want it because of the way it's going to make us feel.
2: Mm.
0: Right? That's a Tony Robbins ism, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like every everything is about a feeling. Yeah. So if I, you know, if I say, well, I have to be off this med in six months or I won't be happy. And then we get to what would that feeling be if you were off this med? I feel, I feel powerful in control. Great. We can get you that feeling in the next 10 minutes. If you start learning how to say no to sugar and right. cheeseburgers, you can start experiencing the feeling of power. Even That's before good. you get external outcomes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This also reminds me of the most well, a very profound book I read, uh, Dr. Frankel's. Man search for meaning, you know, and mm. the phrase that, that sticks out from that book is creating a compelling future. It's mm. a beautiful phrase. And that reminds you when you were speaking like that, wow, that, that just, that, that overlaps beautifully with that book as well, you know, uh, pointing to an energizing outcome. You know, these are powerful. I love it. You know, it's very, very parallel with, with other really powerful work
0: yeah and I mean, it's also it's also very strategic for the following steps, because if you think about it, if someone if someone's outcome is what they want to avoid or get rid of, it's like going getting into your car, turning on your GPS system, and typing an anti-destination. Um, Here's where I don't want to go today, right What's your GPS going to do with that? right yeah, take me anywhere but here. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. It's great. But instead, Mm -hmm. if you say, here's the, here's the destination. Now we can start to strategize about how to get there. Right. So, so the next step, step three is to discover a hidden opportunity. And now, now we're looking at the problem, but from the framework of the solution. And the idea is that the problem we're facing is actually a doorway to this outcome. The, the 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 what we want here is not the absence of a problem. It's not going from zero from negative one to zero, but from negative one to positive five. Right? I could you like how did you use your RA to become a transcendently happier person than you were beforehand?
1: Uh well, that's a it required me to develop a set of skills. And focus my research efforts into one area to become um, sufficiently educated to then feel appreciated and feel like I had a large degree of contribution towards other people who are in a similar situation to me. And the feelings of con- contribution, of self-worth, of having a meaning, uh, all contribute to uh, to a degree of of happiness so i think that's as close as i can off the spot to answer that yeah
0: i mean that's that's huge isn't it like to Mm. to say like okay so i had this thing that happened to me that i didn't ask for and how did i respond to it i couldn't choose not to have it but i could choose to become resentful and miserable i could choose to uh capitulate to the drugs that have side effects that are almost worse than the condition, or I could become this other person who lives in I still have it, and I live in service, and I'm joyful every day when I think about the people that I help and the ways in which I've grown as a, like that's like just it's such a beautiful example of like there's the opportunity mm-hmm. so 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 with Jennifer, we might say, so it sounds like the opportunity here is to figure out a way to do food together so that everybody is nourished and happy, right? That's very different from, I want you to go plant-based to support me.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: Right? And it might yeah. not lead there right away.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? But, but we want to, you know, we, we say like, great. So what do we know? We know what it'll be like, what tastes good. What do we know about what's good for us? And we can begin to explore that without the defensiveness of "I read a book and you're eating all wrong, Jennifer," and you're and you're poisoning our kids with those effing Cheerios.
1: And yet, and yet, it's so it's so hard not to go down that path. Do you find do you find that that just is so appealing, even though you know all this and you're an intellectual and you academically teach this? is it still hard for you not to use the strategies that you
0: warn against? Nobody writes a 200-page book because it's easy. Right? I, don't, I didn't have to write a book telling people how to criticize each other, how to eat junk food, how to be rude. Like we write books to teach people what doesn't come naturally. I, yeah, I struggle with this all the time. I mean, being immersed in the book and committing to like being a a role model for it has helped. But just last week I was in a conversation with my son who was expressing anger at, at, at something. And my first words out of my mouth were like, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And that cut off communication. Like I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'm your ally. I will be helpful to you. Don't worry. I'm going to help you with this. He heard, I dismiss your concern. Mm. And then I went back to work and I was rushing for some things. And I, I thought about it and I was like, oh. And I came back and I said, hey, that thing you told me, I'm really sorry. That sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you. And he's like, oh, thanks. Like, that's what he needed to hear mm. in that moment. Not, not that I was going to come in white knight on a horse to solve it for him. Mm. But that I cared. That I, you know being his ally didn't mean fixing it. It meant first hearing and acknowledging what he was going through, so yeah, this is hard stuff, mm. uh, but it's so worthwhile it's so worthwhile, it's so
1: powerful it it um yeah, it's definitely a personal passion of mine, these conversations, this topic, uh, anything personal development I've always been magnetized mm-hmm. to. I've done all of that Tony Robbins's programs, including his you know retreats and masteries and and universities, as he calls them. And, you know, it's all so interesting. And, and I do actually feel um, a better person from having done it all. And it becomes, and not that I don't think our audience is going to be worried about this, but it doesn't come off as, what's the word, uh, character playing or staged when you understand it so subconsciously that it becomes just naturally who you are. And not in a way that, as I said, like fake or manipulative or any of those things, it's just good communication. It's just connecting with another
0: human being in the way that they want to feel connected. Yeah, yeah. And I would say to people, like, absolutely, as you practice this, it will start to become second nature. And don't wait till it becomes second nature to start using it. Like, like expressing vulnerability and empathy can be your mo to say to someone hey i just got this book and i think i can use the process to help you would you and i'll I'll, i'm new at it and i'll probably be like screwing around and looking at looking through the book from time to time but i really think it can help if you're interested like we don't have to pretend like i do that i i coach people all the time i have a cheat sheet with my own process on my desk and I will I will say, hold on a second, let me think for a second. And I will look at it and I'll let people know, yeah, I'm using, I'm using this cheat sheet. It's not like, like if you're if your airplane pilot is too proud to use a checklist. Like, mm-hmm. oh, did we close the flaps? Did we close the luggage yeah. rack? Is there water on the flap? Like, no, no, that's fine. I want you to use your checklist. Yeah. Right? right. Like, I don't, I don't think you are an amateur. I I'm just happy for you to follow a process. And it's not, it's like when we when we get over our own defensiveness, again, it's how, how do we want them to receive us? That's how we got to be. And that's, that's the part that's, it doesn't require technique. It requires a a positive intention.
2: Mm.
1: Howie, this has been fantastic. I got two pages of notes scribbled everywhere. I've got your book open and Mm. trying to keep track here with which chapter matches what we've talked about. And we went off that a little bit, but I think that it's just been tremendous. And, it's very thought provoking and it's just so interesting and i hope that people go and grab a copy of your book so they can uh learn this in more detail and be able to then uh, have that resource available if they need to uh continue to go back and refine their approach because uh, just like we talked about right at the start this is it's always ups and downs there's no there's no uh solid long-term easy win in life is it it's always ups and downs yeah. so tell us uh I can, I'm looking at the book on Amazon. You're currently running Perfect Five Stars. Is Amazon the best place to get it? And also tell us um how can people do consults with you? You know, it was crossing my mind through this. Wow, like you got such tremendous knowledge in this and people might want to ask questions to you in a private setting.
0: Yeah, I do coaching. I do health coaching and executive coaching. So people can find me at um plantyourself.com. And there's a little form on the right sidebar where you could send me a message. The book is called You Can Change Other People. It's by Peter Bregman and me, Howie Jacobson. And I would say the best place to get it from my perspective is your, your local independent bookstore, because we should support them. Yeah. Um, you, you'll probably pay more and it will take longer to get, but we want them around. Otherwise, of course, there's all the online places, you know, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Amazon. It's also on um, bookstore.org, which I don't really understand, but apparently somehow some of the proceeds go to supporting independent bookstores. But once once you've read it and tried it, Amazon is the best place to leave us a review. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, realistically, Amazon is where books get bought and sold these days.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for sharing so much today. I've really, really enjoyed having you on, and I wish you all the best with the success of the book, and I hope that uh, mm. a lot of people are also pumped up about this discussion today and are able to, you know, implement some of what we talked about and are motivated to go and learn more and get a copy of your book and uh, just help people be better people if uh, if it's in their best interests and it's in the interest of a better relationship, then it's win-win.
0: Right on. And Clint, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for your support of this project. And it's it's great being uh, back in touch with you. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.